guys, this is Pookie, and this is podcast number four, The Mystery of the Menorah. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, your word brings light, and that light is the light of men. And uh, today we seek to see him more clearly and to love him more dearly. And so I pray that the eyes of our heart will be opened, that we can see glorious things from your word. In Yeshua's name we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. So, the menorah, uh, to me, is very dear to my heart. It's just a fast, fascinating um, concept. I'm very visual, so I like when God um, teaches me things in pictures and shows me things from His Word in a tangible way. And uh, what better um, to use than the entire Old Testament temple? Uh, you can see Yeshua, you can see Jesus in every artifact of the temple, and, of course, uh, it is a replica of the heavenly temple that exists uh, forever. And God oftentimes will do this where in order to show us something invisible, He will point to something visible and then teach us through there. So today I'm hoping that even as I share, He'll reveal more about uh, the menorah of God. So just a little bit of history on the menorah. Um, the menorah is the candelabra that uh, Moses was instructed to build. It was um, to sit in the holy place in the temple and provide light in the worship and service of the Lord. And God was very particular in the way that he instructed Moses to build this. Of course, he was particular in the way he instructed Moses to build the entire temple. So, the menorah is no exception. In Exodus 37, verses 17 through 24, you can read God's instructions to Moses. And the interesting thing is that God drew on the almond tree for inspiration as to um, the decoration and shape and design of the menorah. And I think that's very significant. You know, nothing God does is an accident. Everything he does is very uh, specific and for a specific purpose, and it's always good. So um, the almond gets kind of grafted into the design of the menorah, and that's something we also want to look at today, what the significance of that might be. So the menorah was a seven uh, candlestick. There were seven candles uh, attached to the shamash in the middle, and shamash is a Hebrew for servant lamp. So the the candlestick in the middle of the menorah is um, the one that the oil supplied to the rest of the what I call branches or the additional candles. And the high priests would service the menorah in the um, temple because it would usually burn. The oil that they used to light it would usually last about a day. And occasionally there would be this, uh, what they called miracle of the menorah, where they would go to refill the oil and didn't need to because the, the servant lamp was still burning. And, of course, um, the Feast of Hanukkah is a very significant feast for the Jewish people because it also involved a miracle with the menorah where God supernaturally multiplied the oil so that it, they could rededicate the temple, and they've commemorated God's um, 
miracle by celebrating the Feast of Hanukkah every year since that time. And it's interesting that when Jesus walked the earth, um, he also partook of Hanukkah. So I find that very endearing that this feast, um, even though it was instituted by man as a memorial to the Lord, the Lord honored it. I think that's incredibly sweet. And so anyway, back to the menorah. Um, the word almond has a root of luz, L-U-Z, which has now become the root word for light in many, many languages. Uh, for those of you that speak Spanish, you know, la luz is the light. And Hebrew, uh, hazel, is the root uh, from which we get loose. So you've got the connection, even in our current modern-day languages, between almond and light. So that's how ancient this um, biblical symbol really is. And the almond tree has been connected in poetry and uh, like the writings of uh, Flavius Josephus to old age, which is very interesting because um, truth is old. And I know that my pastor even mentioned this in a sermon a few weeks back, that truth is old, that truth is ancient. And... We see this in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, he came to the earth and declared that he was the light of the world. Basically that he was the great menorah of God. And being from everlasting, of course he is um, ancient truth. So enough about that. But uh, back to the candle itself, um, the menorah itself. The servant lamp is the middle candle and the servant lamp is responsible basically for giving light to all the other candles so without the shamash or the near elohim lamp of god the other candles have no light and there was a miracle that um scholars wrote about rabbis wrote about it's not it's not verified but they they claim that the miracle of the menorah or the servant lamp that the rabbis would go to replenish the oil and they wouldn't need to because it, it was still burning um, stopped happening about 40 years before um, the time of Christ, before um, the sacrifice of Yeshua. And there was a um, priest of God who ministered in the temple who prophesied um, and this is Simeon, and he declared, the, the father did a wonderful miracle for this faithful, faithful man. He said, you're not going to die until your eyes behold the Messiah. And so Simeon was in the temple day and night, praying, seeking the father, and he was waiting um, to lay eyes on Messiah Yeshua. <clears throat> and when Jesus was brought to him, kind of like for the baby dedication, he proclaimed, this is a light to the Gentiles. Amazing. The, of course, uh, this is a Jewish priest in the temple waiting for the Messiah of Israel to arrive on the scene. And he cries out upon uh, seeing the Christ, you're a light to the Gentiles. So 
um, basically, you're the you're the menorah of God, and you have arrived. Um, so I want you to really picture in your heart and in your mind um, what the menorah looks like. If you haven't seen one, do a Google search on um, Jewish menorah and just take a look at what the candle itself looks like. Because then I'm going to read a passage out of John that's just mind-blowing and beautiful. So um, John was a disciple of Christ, and he was exiled to the island of Patmos um, because uh, they attempted martyrdom, basically, and he survived, and they couldn't bear to look at him. And so they put they exiled him on this island, but as a gift, and um, just a beautiful way the father helps us in our suffering is he showed he john got to see the the end from the beginning so well story has it that he was boiled in, burned in oil so he suffered they, they tried to burn him alive but it, it didn't work and so here on the island of patmos he receives the revelation that uh, our great arch enemy is cast in the lake of fire i think that's awesome <laughs> that the lord says what the evil that was attempted in your life is going to be repaid in the lives of your enemies. And of course, we don't we see that throughout Scripture? Haman, you know, he plotted against uh, the Jewish people. And it was reversed on his own head. He was hung on the very noose that he had erected for Mordecai. So... Praise God that He protects His people and He rewards those that diligently seek Him. And in the menorah, so when you're when you're looking at the menorah, there's the, the shamash in the middle. Then there's the other candles that branch off of that, and then there's the picture of the almond. So back in uh, Exodus, when God told Moses to design it, He said, you know, make it kind of look like the almond with the with the bud and the blossoms. And so the blossoms have been uh, on a real almond tree are pure white and occasionally delicate pink. And Yeshua carries in himself that righteousness of God, that perfect, uh, beautiful holiness. And remember, this, this candelabra was to be placed in the holy place. It was to give light in the holy place. So light has been associated with holiness and with purity. And with the ability to see clearly. And back to um, Yeshua now being connected. Jesus being seen in the menorah. Let's turn to uh, Revelation chapter 1. And just read a few passages of what the vision John had. When he was standing there in heaven. And as I read these verses. Keep the picture of the menorah in your mind. So first... Um, you know, he writes that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him. And that blessed are those that read it and hear the prophecy of the book and keep the things that are in it. And then a little lower now in verse 5, it says uh, that he has received these things from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and prince and the kings of the earth, to him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And... Verse 7, um, going down further, he says, He comes in the clouds, and every eye will see him and those that pierced him. So in verse 8 is when the, the word turn, or the text turns red. 
signifying that this is actually God speaking now, and it's underlined. It says, I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and ending, the Lord, which is and was and which is to come, the Almighty. So we understand immediately now, that's God. And so John is re- John is having a vision of God. A vision, a vision of God is being revealed to John. And in verse, um, if you scroll down to verse uh, 12, John's speaking now. And he says, and I turned to see the voice that spoke to me. So God spoke to John, and John turned to see the voice that spoke. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. So there it is. As John beholds God, he sees seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, there was one like a son of man. So so the Shemash in the middle of the menorah is a picture of Yeshua. Yeshua is referred to many times um, in the minor prophets. And also um, he refers to himself in the Gospels as a son of man. So that phrase, the son of man, refers to Christ himself. He says the son of man comes in the clouds with great th- with glory, you know. Um, so as as John hears the voice of God Himself speaking, he turns to see who is speaking, and he sees a a, a menorah, and the shamash in the middle, um, one unto a son of man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. So right in the middle of Christ's waist is a golden sash, a golden girdle. Um, If you look at the menorah, the middle shamash goes all the way to the base, but the candles that attach, attach in the middle at the waist. His head and his hairs were white like wool, his white as a snow. So on top of the shamash, there's light. You know, the candle is lit. And that light is bursting off the top of the candle. And it's white light. And then going back to the almond blossom, that was the the flower that Moses was instructed to use as the design of the menorah, is white blossoms on top of the almond. So beautiful. And they're again tied back to age. So Because God said what in the prior verse? He said, who was and is and is to come. So he's ancient. He's always existed. He's the Aleph and the, and the Tav, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the ancient one, the, um, the ancient of days, as the scripture says. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. So there is the lit part of the, the candle, the fire on top of the, the candlestick, and then on top of that is the light bursting off. And... It's interesting that it's his eyes that were flames of fire. Fire, um, if you remember in Acts um, 1 at Pentecost at Shavuot, fire from heaven, um, it signifies God accepting sacrifice. So when uh, the Holy Spirit came and was poured out in the upper room on the 120 that were gathered there awaiting the gift of God, the Comforter, to come from heaven, Tongues of fire appeared on their foreheads. And so here we see that the eyes of Yeshua um, in this vision are flames of fire. And um, 
that's an acceptable sacrifice because he ha he is the sacrifice for our sin. And his feet, verse fifteen, were fine brass, and they as if they were burned in a furnace. I love how he has walked through the fire for us. He has taken our judgment for us as our sacrifice. Um, now, when a menorah is lit, when all seven candlesticks are lit, and it has been lit for quite a while, the base of the menorah, which was pure gold, it gets very, very hot. And a lot of menorahs now are made of brass because gold is extremely expensive. You know, they made many, many candlesticks from brass, but either metal, if you if you're a welder, if you've, if you've got any experience working with metal, when you put it in the fire, it glows. When it gets really, really, really hot, it glows. It glows red. It glows orange. So, this candlestick that John beheld—it's been burning a long time. <laughs> this is not light that just occurred. This is light that has existed from the beginning. Um solid truth this is Yeshua and so he is the light of the world and his feet are like fine brass that's been burned in the furnace it means that the bottom portion of his of his being glows because of the heat um, and the light and it's a picture of a menorah that's been lit for a really long time and his voice is as the sound of many waters he has a powerful voice he has an enduring voice and in his right hand, there were seven stars, and out of his mouth, a sharp two-edged sword. Okay, so in, so speaking of um, the two-edged sword and the seven stars, um, seven is a picture, again, of the of seven candlesticks, seven churches, seven stars, sevenfold spirit of the Lord. Um, God loves the number seven. He uses that number throughout the scripture. world is created in seven days. Um, the sharp two-edged sword refers to the word of God that Yeshua speaks. Because he says that when he, when he returns, he'll, he will take back the earth for the Father using his voice. So the Ancient of Days in the beginning spoke and the world was formed. And then at the end of the age, he will return and speak and as he recreates the world. So there's a verse that says, uh, The word of God is sharp and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And in Jeremiah uh, chapter 1, there is um, a, a instruction given from God to Jeremiah where he's discussing the almond again. And he's talking about the nation of Israel and he's referring to the almond tree. And he says, I watch over my word to perform it. So, so almond is connected with the word of God and almond was used to uh, build the menorah or to design. Basically, it was the inspiration for the design of the menorah. And then here we see the word, the two-edged sword of the word mentioned again, right here in the context of seeing Christ as a menorah. Absolutely beautiful. And the countenance of the menorah of God was as the sun that shines in all of its strength. So if you get up, you know, early in the morning, 
you go out um, to gaze at the sun, you have to squint, and your eyes water. You can barely take it all in. The force of light that comes from our natural sun is intense enough that our, even our natural eyes have to squint. And so as John was beholding Yeshua as a great menorah of God, the true light of the world, um, it was like the sun shining in all of its strength, like a noonday sun. It was powerful, just powerful. And of course, when he saw him, he fell at his feet as dead. <laughs> as every one of us will, I'm sure, <laughs> the first time that we behold the Lord in his glory. <laughs> so Yeshua then says to him, as he lays his right hand, so there's the right hand of God, you know, seated at the right hand, Christ, Fear not, I am the first, I am the last. I am he that lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Hallelujah. So, so that is um, the depiction of Christ here in the vision of John and Revelation. And in verse 20, um, Yeshua begins to kind of explain uh, some of the deeper symbolism that I still have questions about, and that's the seven stars. And he, he says, Verse 20, the ministry of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks or the seven menorahs um, are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which you saw are the seven churches. So then Revelation proceeds into the seven churches, a letter written to each of the seven churches. So in verse 20, there is this connection between Christ as the great light, the light of the world, the great light of God, the great menorah of God, and the ancient one, you know, um, the truth that's been existent from the beginning. And then he says that there are also seven other little candlesticks and seven stars over those candlesticks, and those are the churches. And when Yeshua was talking to his body, you know, he said, I'm the head and you're the body. So we're to be an extension of the menorah in the earth, uh, the light of God. And he said, no man takes the light and hides it under a, a basket. But you put a light up on the candle stand so that everyone can see and be, a, you know, instructed by the light. So... The body of Christ um, knows we're, we are to be um, the light of the world. We are to basically just share the knowledge of Jesus. <laughs> That's basically how we are the light, is that we're able to see Him and relay that to the world. So I thought that you might enjoy that um, depiction of Yeshua as the menorah of God, um, and just a couple more things that I feel the Spirit reminding me too when it comes to the menorah. It, in, the, in the story of Hanukkah, the um, invading army, you know, the pagan nations, had come in and desecrated the temple. And there was a ceremony of purification that the Jewish people were instructed to do in order to purify the temple so that the presence of God and the glory of God could return. And this is um, the one of the one of the purification instructions is that 
the, they had to light the menorah for so many days. And as the light shined in the darkness that had come in, it dispelled it and it purified the temple. Um, Aaron was the high priest of Israel. And the way that the father chose to uh, reveal his choice in Aaron is his his staff budded. So Aaron carried around um, a staff, which is a symbol of authority, and it was an almond tree. It was made out of an uh, it was an almond tree, and it was dead wood. Okay, because when you make a cane, you know you cut the tree and then you the craftsmen um, sand it down and polish it up, and they make a cane, and it's dead. It's not attached to any source of life anymore. His was almond, almond tree. But the Lord supernaturally caused it to bud and blossom. And that let Israel know, this is the high priest that I've chosen. So now we see that Yeshua is our great high priest that has gone into the heavens and sprinkled his own blood on the mercy seat and made atonement for our sin. And he is the, the go-between. He's the mediator between us and the Father. And there's the almond again, that he is the high priest signified by the almond, the, the menorah of God. So um, the Feast of Hanukkah was very special because their oil had ran out. And in the natural, we know that this much oil will burn for this much time. But what happened is the oil continued burning long after naturally it could. So it was supernatural. And it lasted enough days to purify the temple. So I see this as a picture of the salvation that Yeshua came and offered as our high priest. Because in that we could not do in the natural what he did in the spirit, in the supernatural. And he was the oil that burned and made a purifying sacrifice for the entire world. And so the holy place um, in the temple, I always see that as our heart. You know, the holy of holies is our heart of hearts, and the holy place is our soul. And um, in John, I believe it's John, Yeshua said that your eye is the light of the body. And if your eye is singular, then your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is darkness... Your whole body is full of darkness, and how great is that darkness? So it goes back to what what you see in your mind. If you are able to behold Christ in your mind and to see and know Him, and what you're putting in your eye gates as a believer, if you meditate and your soul or your holy place has the menorah of God in it, because we know He's in the holy of holies, right? Because we're born again. But if your soul, the holy place, has the menorah of God in it, Jesus, and you're meditating on him and thinking about him and filling your mind, the eye of your soul, your holy place with spiritual things, then your whole being is full of light. But if you are not, if the candle isn't out, then there's darkness. And how great is that darkness? And it also reminds me of uh, the ten virgins that had lamps. Because Yeshua said, be like the wise ones. So there was ten women that were waiting for the, the bridegroom. And they had lamps that were lit. And five of them fell asleep and their light went out. 
And so when he showed up, they missed him. I, I know that there is a deceitfulness in sin. And that deception, the darkness of it, has the ability to blot out uh, Christ from our heart. Where we, we no longer perceive him in the soul. And we, that's the last thing any of us want. Um, we want to be able uh, to see the light of the world and have that light within us. Have Yeshua and Jesus in our hearts. And in order to do that, we must be born again. And then we must continue to keep the candle lit in our soul. Continue to put His Word in our mind and our heart. Continue to picture Him and think on Him. And seek Him and understand Him so we can know Him better. That our whole being may be full of light. And with the knowledge of Yeshua comes the knowledge of uh, purity. So just as the menorah uh, purified the temple in the Feast of Hanukkah, and our great high priest offered the sacrifice for our sin once and for all, um, keeping that lamp lit in our souls um, pulls the life and light of God into us. So, Father, I just pray over the the message of the menorah what a beautiful message to see christ to see jesus in his glory through the eyes of john in that revelation and to know that you are the light of the world and you are in us and we ask that you would continue to open our eyes that we can be we can see and behold wonderful things from your word in yeshua's name amen